Giants 19, Bengals 17. Welcome to Talking Giants of Victory Monday. Was that the score? Did I get that right? Yep. I didn't write it yep, down. You got I didn't right. write it down. I, I want to make sure I get that that score right. 19 points, a lot of field goals. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by John Boyd Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And for the third Monday, or the fourth Monday in a row, Justin, we are victors. We are winners. We are undefeated in the last three games of the season. Justin, uh, I remember after that Tampa game, which felt like such a low moment. It's like felt like such a low moment. We said the next eight games really are going to define Daniel Jones and this team. We've won all three. We've won all three. Daniel Jones has looked good in all three. Obviously, Daniel Jones was injured today. We'll talk about that. But before we get into the injury and what it all means, it just feels good to win three in a row. And for it to win and honestly not be that big a deal, I get it was an inferior opponent, but it was nice to see the QB look while he was playing looked really good today. Looked really good or yesterday when you're listening. So yeah. I'm happy with the win. And and LeBron James made our practice squad player get an interception. LeBron James just oozes greatness, and that just kills um, a lot of people that don't like LeBron James. Hi, Bobby Skinner. Uh, happy Victory Monday. We're recording on a Victory Sunday, but happy Victory Monday to everybody listening, everybody watching. Hope everyone's well. Hope you're enjoying your Victory Monday. There is a little bit of a black cloud. You know, we, we talked about a pre-show. We're going to get it out of the way early in the show. Just get it out of the way. You know, today's Monday. We don't, you know, as we're recording this, we don't really know much about Daniel Jones. There's a little bit of a black cloud that's hanging over this episode and the vibe and the energy that we have right now. But Bobby, you mentioned it. Daniel Jones was balling out. And the fact that he was balling out so much, yet he still in only 27 pass attempts, barely had over 200 yards. He had a 213 yards and he had 18 of his 27 pass attempts were below 10 yards and under 10 yards, yet his completion percentage wasn't that great when he's throwing under 10 yards. He was balling out by when he was throwing the ball deep, and this Giants offense was balling out when they were throwing the ball down the field. And if it weren't for that Darius Slayton, you know, just barely like an inch away from catching that ball, this Giants offense is really booming, and we're feeling great about it. We still are feeling pretty good about it, um, but the conservative nature of Garrett just kills me. But I'm happy. We won. Defense takes care of business. We got some studs on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll talk about them. Even some unexpected studs that made plays today, um, and that's but, what happens when you have, when you have good coaching, and that's what happens when you also make you know good acquisitions over the offseason and things like that as well. Let's talk about Daniel Jones just player wise, and then we'll get into the injury, and we won't spend too much time like we're pretending it's not it didn't happen. Like you said, the stats for this game: sixteen for twenty-seven, two hundred thirteen yards, seven point nine yards per attempt, Justin, and. He was the offense today. Him and and, and honest, him and Evan Ingram. I know Ingram yeah. is um is going to be uh, a source of 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 fury and rightfully so. Well, why don't we get that out of the way really quick? 
at that Evan Ingram fumble. I think that was one of the most freak plays of the season. He's literally going to the ground. Like, what do you want him to do when he's in the middle of the air? Hold on to I it. think that's just I think that's just a really good individual play by the defender. I think that's a freak play. You know, I, that was one of those things where it's like, yes, I think that's a total of now seven of the Giants' offensive turno- turnovers have directly involved Evan Ingram in some way. It's about half. I'm pretty sure maybe it's a little under half of the turnovers. So the correlation is still there. But this one in particular was just like such a freak one where it's like, I'm not even mad. <laughs> yeah, the, he, like we said about this year with, with Jones, like Jones fumbles have not been in, in you know, three games without a, without a fumble loss. Haven't been an issue this year, but because of last year, it's everyone's going to be a big deal. Because of all the Ingram turnovers this year, right? everyone's a big deal. So I'm not like, I, I don't want to like, like he doesn't get really the opportunity of a freak play. Um, so let's talk about the good, because there was much more good in this game for Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ingram, he had six catches, 129 yards, his best game of the year. Um, his best game of his career. That was his best receiving day of his career, yards-wise. Yeah. I don't want to say best in, of his career with the, when he fumbled. But I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, Jones made plays, and that first play, the reason we scored a touchdown in this game was because on third down, Teams realize we want to do these stick plays and stuff. Daniel Jones <laughs> audible to Evan Ingram. I have man coverage on Evan Ingram. I'm putting him on a fade route. 53 yards. Good things happen. Um, two plays before Daniel Jones got hurt. What happened? Daniel Jones. Evan Ingram covered. Puts a perfectly placed ball on him. Evan Ingram makes a nice catch on that play. Um, even the fu- you know even the fumble was you know a 20 yard catch. Uh, first down, which would have been at the 15, and then he fumbles it. And then. The Darius Slayton play that was sixty air yards. I, I've heard, I've literally heard people say that he can't throw sixty yards, or if he can, it's like you know, have to curl hop and it won't be accurate. A perfect ball, sixty yards in the air, perfect ball, a perfect ball, sixty yards in the air. Slayton doesn't come down with it. Kind of unacceptable from Slayton, who had zero catches, zero yards. I don't know if he's injured or what, because we didn't see much of him after that. He balled out this game, and guess what? Think about this. What have we said? Maybe. We don't really need to worry about the completion percentage if we push things downfield a little bit. He balled out in this game. And where were the issues when in the passing game? We need to eliminate that stick play from the playbook because it's not worth the yards we get, and it's so risky. It's so risky. And people are like, oh, well, Jones is late. It's like, yeah, I would be late if I was him too because in the beginning of the season when those plays were turning interceptions, Justin, it was because those plays are a pre-snap read, Go. And what was happening is teams were jumping it, and it was turning into interceptions. So I don't blame him for being late on those stick plays. Those stick plays have led to no good. Like, they are not worth the risk. It should be eliminated from the playbook. I get, and we've talked a lot in the bye week, I get you can't just air it out all game. But when the chances were there to be taken, Jones took them, and he he delivered every single time. Every single time. His his player, yeah. his play, uh, you know, his, Darius Slayton did it on one. But he delivered every single time moving the ball downfield. Yeah, he basically had only one incompletion when he was throwing the ball 20-plus yards down the field, air yards, because it was Darius Slayton, which was, we'll call it a drop. It hit him in his hands, call it a drop, and then he had another incompletion when he was throwing towards the left sideline, 20-plus air yards down the field. He was 1-for-1 one one when throwing to the right sideline for 53 yards, and he was 0-for-0 zero zero throwing in between the hashes, 20-plus yards, air yards. And that's because, and I think the broadcast actually did a really good job, the Fox broadcast did a really good job of outlining this. 
throughout the entire game, Bengals defense is doing a good job of prioritizing the middle of the field. They know that's where the Giants and Jason Garrett, they that's where they like to throw the ball. That's where they've been most successful, even when they throw it deep. It's towards the middle of the field. It's daring Daniel Jones to make throws on the sideline, which he's done. I, I was a critic of Daniel Jones throwing it deep on the sideline and that deep ball accuracy, especially outside the hashes. He's He's been doing a really good job since the midpoint of the season. And Bobby, on that Daniel Jones um, throw to Evan Ingram on the first drive of the game, the 53-yard reception, one of the things that we were talking about over the bye week and we were having a really big Jason Garrett conversation as it related to Mark Colombo being fired, I kind of threw out there, you know, what if, what if we have this hypothetical situation that Daniel Jones masters this mediocre system of Jason Garrett and he kind of can become sort of pseudo Tony Romo and be the offensive coordinator at the line of scrimmage, making his pre-snap reads and making his pre-snap adjustments. Bobby, the Giants got to the line of scrimmage on that Evan Ingram play, the 53-yard play. They got to the line of scrimmage with 17 seconds left on the play clock. They snapped it under five seconds. Daniel Jones for 12 seconds, and they were set. He was making his adjustments. He was putting guys in motion. He was making his adjustments, calling whatever he needs to call. He, he killed the play. He saw that there were six guys in the box. There were four guys between the B gap of the left guard and the right guard. Four guys. Four of the 11 guys were all in between the B-gap on the left side to the B-gap on the right side. No middle linebacker over the middle of the field. Single high safety. He was shadowing to the other side. Evan Ingram was one-on-one with the corner who was playing press coverage. That was Daniel Jones. That was not Jason Garrett's play call. That was Daniel Jones seeing something at the line, audibling out, and throwing it deep himself. That was not the play calling. Yeah. Um, and, and third down is when they have been daring us. So now Daniel Jones played well today. Let's talk about the injury, Justin. Um, according to Jordan Ronan, you know, according to his sources, he said the initial belief, the hamstring to Daniel Jones is that it's quote unquote, pretty bad and could force him to miss some time per source. He's going to do the MRI on Monday. Probably by the time you listen to this, you'll know what the MRI is. The Joe Judge was asked about it and asked if he's optimistic if he play. He said, yeah, I would say I'm optimistic about next week at this point right now. Now, I don't want to go ahead and say yay or nay because I don't have the medical. Uh, welcome to Patreon, Daniel Bliss. You'll get a shout out on Wednesday uh, because I don't have the medical information at this time, Judge said. So, again, once he talks to the doctors and we get information, I'm sure he's going to try everything he can. But I am optimistic just knowing what he's played through before and how he's handled different things. Again, I have to be fair to the player. I don't know how he feels physically. I don't know what the severity of the injury is. So I have to make sure I have that information. Obviously, we don't want to put any player on the field that can't properly defend himself. As a beat. Now, Judge, who is a big like, hey, I'm not going to give a timetable type guy on an injury. That was like, oh, maybe he's just going to maybe he's going to play. Then you get the run on news. We'll, we'll know more with the MRI. It sucks, though, man. It really does suck as we we go to the Seahawks, which if there's any games like oh, we can afford to lose, it's probably that one. Because um, the whole NFC East, you know, good chance the whole NFC East loses next week. Which, by the way, we're in first place. We haven't talked about that. Um, the kid's tough, man. The kid is tough. He, I mean, he tried to come back. I mean, you, you saw he didn't want to come off the field. He knew his hamstring was messed up. You saw on that throw, which was a third down, he couldn't put any weight on his right foot, and he just just uses his just uses all arm to get it in there to Evan Ingram. Like the, he's ballsy, man. Like this. What I'm glad about is that he's not playing afraid of turnovers, which the first that second Washington game it seemed kind of like he might have been, but he's not playing like he 
put that in with all arm. Tries to come back. It doesn't work. He's tough, man. It gives you a newfound appreciation for Eli, though. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't have to worry about that for 16 years, man. And it's, it's, it's weird that it's happened. Like, you know, the two games in Green Bay, he may have been able to play through that if, you know, we were in the situation we are in last year um, and Eli Manning wasn't the backup. But, like I said, I, I have no clue, I have no clue what, what's going to happen going forward. But, I mean, it sucks, and I feel for the kid, and he was really rolling in this game. Yeah, there's a couple different ways to approach Jones getting hurt, and this is where the black cloud is, right? A couple different ways to approach it. You can look at it as, we're really trying to win the NFC East, and we're really trying to get a playoff berth. Odds are we're losing against Seattle no matter who's at quarterback. There, that's a way That's a way to look at it. So if you, if benching, and not benching, but not playing Daniel Jones and him being out for one week is not the end of the world. But you're, I'm also at a point, and my brain is so split, and this is the screwed up thing. We are in first place, very excited to be in first place. We're a relevant football team in December. It's going to be December first this week. Place. That's very, very exciting. It's, it's crazy. Imagine not being in first place. Couldn't it be me? <laughs> but, but we're also at a point where no matter what, we are still trying to evaluate the team, right? We're still at a point where we are trying to evaluate the team in terms of who is staying, who's coming back, whose job's on the line, whose job's not on the line. We're still at that point, you know. No matter where I feel like we finish in the division, you think with Jones too? Well, I don't. I still don't think Jones has done enough over the course of this three-game winning streak against, especially if you look at the team. And I hate to be this guy because I'm excited. I'm excited that we're winning, and I'm excited that we're putting things together. This is why I want to see him go up against teams like Seattle, teams right. like Arizona, teams like Baltimore, because we have made these little itty-bitty strides against losing teams, which is good. We weren't beating anybody the first half of the season. But now that we've done this, it's like, all right, we've established this baseline. We are not the bottom of the barrel. We're average. Can we step it up a little bit more? And that's what you wanted to see out of especially this Seahawks matchup. Because really, you know, he comes in against Arizona – Subpar defense, Baltimore, very good defense, very aggressive defense. Um, Dallas is going to be, you know, that's probably the the next defense that we're really looking at that's really bad. But Seahawks, that's a defense that you feel like they could take advantage of. And can Daniel Jones keep up with Russell Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. And not to get into the big picture Jones conversation, cause, but I just want, I do want to make this point since it was, you know, brought up. I know you, I know we're not doing this, but, you know, uh, people said to me, with hey, like hey, like if he plays bad enough to where they are picking in the top three, then they should look at a new QB. And my my whole thing was like, hey, I'm not saying he's going to be amazing this year, but we are not going to be picking top three. We're not we're not going to be there. So I know we can move goalposts on the R arguments, but he's looked good. No turnovers the last three weeks. Um, attacking downfield when it's there, so um, uh, that's good on Jones. But yes, we are in first place. We are in first place. We'll we'll spend Wednesday and Friday more talking about the outlook of the division. Today's about a win, but man, I mean, the let's talk about the offensive line. How about let's talk about the offensive line? The first game under DeGuglielmo, Coach Gooch, zero sacks, Justin, zero sacks. Yeah. So, and moving on from Daniel Jones, get better soon, dude. We hope to we'll have more on that on on Wednesday and then Friday if he's going to play. We'll we'll talk about Colt McCoy more. Colt McCoy, you do, you do see the difference between Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy? How about that? Well, well, well. This is well. This is the also the you know when we've been going back and forth with people on Twitter and on social media and YouTube comments saying, "Oh, it's not scheme. It's not scheme. It's not the scheme's not the problem. Scheme's not the problem." 
Well, Daniel Jones comes in and he's making all these audible. He's making all these calls at the line of scrimmage. He's making all these individual plays. If the scheme was so good, how come Colt McCoy wouldn't, didn't come in and was throwing wide open guys? And with that point of the offensive line, Daniel Jones's time to throw was actually 2.69 seconds. So the offensive line held up today with no sacks, and it wasn't just because Daniel Jones was getting the ball out of his hands in less than two and a half yeah. seconds. And with Colt McCoy, like when he came in, you know, six for 10, 31 yards. But I mean, think about two incompletions. The one to Deion Lewis, that's a first down. The beat, it's a the touchdown. Beat reporter, yeah, that's what people were saying, like that would have been a touchdown. And then the one to Golden Tate where people were saying um, pass interference. That's the pass that we've seen Jones and Tate hook up on. Basically, every time they've tried it is that fade from the slot position, give Tate. Now, I'm not saying Tate would have made it. You know, Tate's made some crazy catches out of that. But Jones would have put that on him if, if we're going off of what we've done. So those are, you know, the two throws. Uh, and that that was on third down. I, both were on third down, actually. Which, you know, I do I do a video every week on third down because third down is the most important down. It's, you're you're going to have 21 third down plays to look at, by the way. Pass, not from passes. I only look well, at passes. Not passing. I, I'm well, only but, looking at Jones' pass. I'm not looking at Colt McCoy third. I'm not breaking down Colt McCoy third down videos this week. They faced an, an insane amount of third down, third downs today. And if and if we're going to talk about the offensive line, I think we'll also talk about the run game. Um, and what facing third downs tells me is you are not doing a good enough job on first and second down in terms of being efficient if you're facing 21 third downs. And also, by the way, that wasn't just with Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones in the first half, that offense faced 11 first downs, which is, that's a that's a large amount for a half. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Offensive line, no sacks, no sacks. And I want to start with Andrew Thomas because they have fixed him. Now, it, like I said, it got so, that Philly game was so bad. You know, his, he wasn't as bad as people made him out to be. It's just you remember the sacks. Uh, but that Philly game was so bad and it was a low point. The Tampa game really good the next game was the e was it the eagles what was in, no in the tampa Philly, game we went then washington he played well the this past eagles game he didn't play perfect but he played all right this game from the tv copy he is not getting beat inside and not only is he not getting beat inside he is shutting people down inside and he was facing carl lawson all game carl lawson's a good football player he has seven plus sacks this year every time he went inside he shut his ass down and made it look good. That was what made me fall in love with him at Georgia. And what I think this, with from watching the TV, and I think it's similar to what they did at Tampa, is we are going to protect the inside with you, Andrew Thomas. Why? Because that's where you're getting beat. And also why? Because you are athletic enough to sacrifice a little bit on the edge. There was times yep. where you saw like Thomas was like, they were kind of getting around him on the edge, but it was eight. You know, seven, eight, nine yards in the pocket, and Jones was stepping up. Bobby, take example for the Darius Slayton incompletion, where he threw 60 yards down the field. That was a play where Jones manipulated the pocket and was able to step up towards the left side of the field and threw a nice ball to Slayton, and Thomas was able to wash his guy out. They're getting the left tackle QB connection is a real thing. It really is. Yep. So it's it's been really nice to see out of Andrew Thomas. I, I I'm very happy with him that he's turning it around. And honestly, it reminds me, you know, people were calling him a bus, people were calling him Eric Flowers, and they weren't joking. And it kind of reminds us, it's like, hey, let's relax, you know? Like, these, these the same people saying stuff about, you know, other players. We won't get into all that. Um, and that's why, for us, it's like, 
we just we try to call it like it is, and people get on us like that. Well, it's like, yeah, like he, he's we're not going to call this a guy a bus after six weeks, you know. And the difference is, is it's honestly easier to go after you know the kid and say that because guess what happens? Who's like remembering people like saying Thomas sucks and it was a waste of a draft pick and a bus? No one, because we're winning and things are happy, you know. So I'm very happy for Andrew Thomas though that he's he's like it. Like we said a couple weeks ago, after two good games, Justin, with Andrew, was like, hey, you can put together two good games so you can get right back into the dog pit. But you pit four good games in a row. He gives up a sack next game. We're not worrying about it. We're not worrying. He has instilled confidence in the fan base and in himself. So I'm very happy for Andrew. Absolutely. Absolutely. Confidence is building. And Daniel Jones is, again, I, I think I am of the belief that Almost as important as as pass blocking is to an offense, it's just as important for a quarterback to good ha- to have good pocket manipulation and to have good pocket awareness. I think both of those things are almost equally as important. And Jones, these past couple weeks, especially when he's getting the ball out quick, and even this week, he didn't get out the ball in less than two and a half seconds. So the pocket is going to collapse a little bit. What are you going to do? You saw a couple times he's stepping up to his right, extending plays to his right, kind of rolling out a little bit. And he's not looking like Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but he threw. I know there was a ball to Golden Tate where he improvised. He stepped up. He rolled out to his right, ball to Golden Tate on the right sideline. And then the same thing with that 60-yard 60 uh, incompletion drop to Darius Slayton. So it's nice. It's fun to see. Uh, Bobby, what are some other thoughts that you have on the uh, on the line that you just saw without watching the All-22? Lemieux Hernandez rotated. Um, I don't think Hernandez came into the last drive of the first half, and then he started the second half. And then I'm pretty sure he played the majority of the second half. Lemieux did play some. Um, I don't really remember anything bad from either one of them. So, I mean, that's good. Like, it's hard to really focus on guards from TV. But, you know, if you're not calling on their name, you give up zero sacks. I think you're pretty good. And I, I was watching – now, like I said, I was I was watching Hernandez when he first came in. He was moving people in the run game. Um that one, like, 20-yard Gallman run was, you know, like, right between um, Hernandez. So, um, I'm I, that's one thing that's hard to see from TV. It'll be very interesting to see who performed better out of the two. But I think they're both playing it good enough to just keep the rotation going. Yeah. I don't know if – because I, I look at the next-gen stats and I look at the game center that they have, and they're saying, what based off of what they tracked, Wayne Gallman had 14 attempts for 72 yards – on the between the right side of the center and the left foot of Cam Fleming, so the right side of the offensive line that isn't considered the outside. So um, the majority of our rushing attempts went there. Fourteen attempts, seventy-two yards for Wayne Gallman. Um, so I, I'm guessing they would be counting that eighteen-yard play that Gallman had. So good job on the right side of the offensive line. There was even a couple plays on on third down where. Cam Fleming and Cam Fleming and Evan Ingram made some good blocks. Yeah, Fleming still is one struggles. He did have the two holding penalties and a false start. And it, you see, he, he does get beat. Like he, I guess I'm sure, he, like I said, it's hard to tell from TV. I'm sure he had some good plays, but he's not good in the run game. Um, in fact, I think he's worse in the run game than he is the pass game. So it'll be an, it'll, I hope to get Parrot back. I, I want to see Parrot play. I'm, I'm on that train now. Like, play a Parrot. I think they, they may be on that train, too. Mm. With how well Lemieux, how well it's gone with Lemieux. Hey, here's a stat: we are averaging three point one sacks per game with Mark Colombo as the offensive line coach. 
zero <laughs> with Coach Dave DiGuglielmo. Can I? Oh, I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> oh, it's a good tweet. I'm going to tweet that. Um, oh, talk about the running game while I tweet this. I don't even know what to think of the running game. Let's talk about the running. Backs. I don't. I don't. Well, I, I will. The running, the running game of the running backs are t- t- tomato, tomato, and so much of it is centered around. The you know the personnel that you're running on offense. So much of it is centered around you know how many guys are in the box. Here here's here's something for the running backs. Wayne Gallman does continue to impress me every week, despite him not being very efficient today. He averaged three point nine yards per carry. Not extremely efficient. But four times three equals twelve, and twelve is a first down. But anyway, he did face a eight plus man box twenty eight percent of the time, which is around the season average for him. That's not that's not anything crazy for him but still that's top 10 in the national football league in terms of rates where you're facing an eight plus man box that also says that defenses do not respect the giants ability to throw the ball downfield which is why they're stacking the box so i was frustrated and i did have this fear last week on friday show whenever i had this fear that the giants were to come out conservative or relatively conservative and based off of my eye tests and how i feel about the game i didn't compile any data yet I feel like they were very conservative, running a lot on first down, running a lot on second down, and that's why we were facing so many third and longs, or that we were in third down overall anyway, because of how much we were just pounding the rock, pounding the rock, pounding the rock, when we could have realistically put more points on the board with Daniel Jones. I agree. I, wow. I, no, I do I do agree. I've, I do I've, agree. <laughs> I do agree. Um, huh, I, I, Jones was saving us on third down. Jones was saving us on third down. I, I agree with you there. Um, Where it's like I don't I don't want to say that the run game was bad, but it, it was, wasn't great. You know, Gallman had some nice no. plays. I don't want to take anything away from Gallman. Gallman had some really nice plays in this game, um, where he was pushing the when he was pushing the pile forward. That is actually and, and we can spend more time. That is actually something that will lose with Jones because like, they were playing the read option. You know why Jones only averaged like three yards per carry. Um, so that, I mean, you, that's something we lose with 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 uh yeah. with Jones big time. And I think they missed Caden Smith too. I think they yes, missed him big time. Yes, missed made it missed Caden Smith. They were rotating players by a, like crazy. I'm interested. I I can't wait to see that official snap count for players. Elijah uh, Penny was lining up at tight end on running plays. All right, I did hashtag forming a narrative so people don't get it too serious. Take it too serious. What hashtag what? I did giant sacks per game with Mark Colombo, 3.1. With Dave DiGuglielmo, 0.0. Hashtag forming a narrative. Hashtag analytics. It's not analytics. Uh, that's my fa- It's my, that's my new favorite Chris Berman line, by the way. It's not analytics. It's a fact. <laughs> Which, what is it? What does that make analytics? <laughs> Made up narrative stuff. Mark McCarthy. Yeah, look at Mark totally. McCarthy. It's just this guy injected analytics into his veins. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's doing it. He's doing it kind of wrong. Morris four carries he's... for eight yards. Lewis two for yeah. ten. Yeah, Gallman played well. I mean, he had ninety-four yards. He it took twenty-four yes. carries and turned in ninety-four yards. I wish we didn't take us four plays in a row to pound it in from the three-yard line to start that game. But nonetheless, they did get it in there. Can't be mad about that. But you know, one of these days we're gonna not pound it in on a fourth and goal. Um, which Jones touchdown to interception ratio is still eight to nine. That pisses me off so bad. That really does bother me. One of these days, one of these days we'll play the numbers right and maybe we'll spread it out in the red zone. And maybe we'll we'll put one of these days, the giants will just play a numbers game where it's like, wow, you know, where it won't take Daniel Jones to read something at the line of scrimmage. 
maybe they'll be like, maybe Jason will be like, wow, there's like eight guys in the box. Maybe, maybe we should do something different here. Right. One day it'll happen. Right. Um, and I'm not becoming a Galmanite because honestly, if you're a Galmanite, you shouldn't want me right now. This, this train is, the Wayne train is rolling without me on. Just keep it. Why change a good thing? You know, which by the way, special shout out to Mark Breer, who I believe is a listener to us. The Giants are three and zero since his new baby, and our our new our uh, our good friend Jeff Pilgrim Pilgrim's Point of NY Giants yes. Rush. Uh, he had a new son. His name is John Ryan or Ryan John. He's much better than Rice and John. Rice and John is a bust, even though he's an undrafted out of Canada. Ryan John undefeated. These kids are winners. We are raising winners. Joe Judge is we, we have we are raising winners that are New York Giants fans. <laughs> so shout out uh, to them. You- I actually. We got to get them some some like a talking giants onesie or something. Um, we do have that. Yes, we I do. do. It's on our store. I still think we're it's like doing twenty five percent off too. I still think we're doing that. Ooh, I think mo- Cyber Monday. Monday I th- yeah, I think Monday's the last day. Yeah, so John Boy Media store. It's it's fun. Receiving game. We talked about Slayton. We don't need to spend much on him. Shepard seven catches on eight targets, sixty four yards. I mean, one he literally fell down and caught on. <laughs> Wait, his his catch percentage is still going to be like insane. Yeah, eighty two percent on the season. That's unreal. <laughs> that is unreal. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I I'm so happy Shep has been able to stay healthy since that Chicago game. I'm so happy. All I did was talk about him this summer, and I'm sure a lot of people were tired of me talking about him. But how many times did I say that, you know, outside of quarterback and whoever was going to be playing left tackle for the Giants, Sterling Shepard was the most important player on the offense. And lo and behold. So you want to praise Golden Tate on his four catches for 36 yards on nine targets. I do. On nine targets? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, when Golden Tate did catch the ball, and, you know, not every not everything is catch percentage. Sometimes they're bad throws. Sometimes it's quarterbacks when they're inside the pocket just trying to throw it away, throw it at the ankles, whatever. But when Golden, I feel like Golden Tate was kind of productive today, where he caught balls kind of in, in some tight areas, but it was over the middle of the field, intermediate part of the field, where he ran some nice routes. He got open and he moved the chains. Where it was third and some third and longs, he moved the chains, or he brought it down to where it was fourth and short, and there was either a decision that we could punt or go for it. I mean, that's all you want. That's all I want out of Golden Tate. Was just show me consistency to. Have an effort of moving the chains. I liked the way that Golden Tate played today. Rather than just once every three games having a prayer that goes up to you, and then there's a chance that you somehow come down with it, and maybe a guy falls down and you can get the yards after catch and then get a touchdown. I would rather you be more consistent like you were today rather than that. The once every three game thing. Yeah, well, it did have a drop today. So, catches everything he throws his way, huh? See, this is weird with me and you. It's like I might I'll be saying something and you'll be against it and then we flip. Like I'm not I, I don't care about Tate's game today. Congrats, you had four catches. Like you like I'm not high on Tate. In fact, I mean they're trying like to that, force it into him in the quick game. What don't take what I said after the years of Golden Tate slander that I've that I've given, you took what I just said as oh, I love Golden Tate now? No. Absolutely not. I but just for this game, I like this game. You're praising him. I'm not really high on him for this game. I appreciated what he did today, and I, I call it like it is. Look, I, I, I sometimes like, for example, Leonard Williams. He's still on pace for ten sacks, by the way, even though he's not. He's still on pace I for it was ten 18. sacks. That's me spinning a narrative. Hashtag forming but, a narrative. But there are some things that I will try to be unbiased in, and that's one of them. I don't know. 
I don't know. This Golden Tate feller doesn't catch everything. Which, by the way, him, you know, that ball by, by McCoy being a little overthrown where, like, pass interference, that's where you can appreciate Jones. Like, yeah, Jones has to put that ball perfectly on him so Tate can make a crazy catch. You know, just throw it. You can't just throw it to an open guy with Golden Tate. It has to be something crazy every time. Because he's not open. He doesn't get open. Exactly. You're 100% right. What was his average separation today? Um, his average separation was 1.24 yards. Ball in. <laughs> Ball in. That's, that's 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 comically bad. I know a lot of you may not look at the look at that kind of data. Usually, the av- like I think one of the league's worst in terms of season averages are 1.9 yards. Pretty sure that's like bad. 1.9 is bad, and Golden Tate had 1.2 today. So, sure, sure, hell ain't good, as the kids would say. All right, let's talk about the defense because they won the game. We've went 30 minutes and we haven't talked about the guy, the, te- the part of the team that won us the game. They won us the game on every level. I mean, the D-line was balling. I mean, their run game, a team that is losing its QB. So you think, you know what, they're going to probably try and run the ball and you know not put too many risks. They ran the ball for 15 carries for 40 yards, 2.7 yards per down. Totally shut down the run. Totally shut down the run. In the pass game, I want to talk about Darnay Holmes first. Part because so I could pat myself on the back saying that he was going to be a giant factor, have a big game, and have an interception. He did cause an interception, didn't technically have one. By the way, that defensive pass interference was total bogus. Total bogus. That was great coverage. And that, I mean, that almost gave them a chance to win the game. You know, we won. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But that gave them a chance to win the game when the game should have been over. It should have been fourth and 10, and the game should have essentially been over at that point. And it gave them a I chance think that was to their, win the that game. That was their. That was their biggest play on offense. Yeah, it, was it like doesn't count as a yards play or whatever. And it was beautiful yeah. coverage from Darnay Holmes. It was beautiful coverage. He turned his head and everything. Turned his head. Justin, we said on the pregame show, and this is more on us than anything. We may have our nickel corner, which has been a big time struggle since DRC was here. I don't think we talk about that enough. I don't think we talk about like, hey, we might have our nickel corner of the future. Like he's been really good. Um, he hasn't given a touchdown. He hasn't been like amazing. But you look at his numbers and the targets and stuff. Darnay Holmes has been super solid, and you could you could just trust we can trust our nickel corner. He'll give up a catch, a couple catches a game. We could trust our nickel corner in a game where Tyler Board was their security blanket. I mean, this was this was a really good game for Darnay Holmes, man. And he, I mean, he caused that interception. He balled out today, and he had a QB hit. Yeah, in terms of Tyler Boyd's numbers, Bobby, maybe if you want, I will pull that up as I'm as I'm talking right now, but. Yeah, uh, we have actually done not a very good job this season in terms of approaching Darnay Holmes and acknowledging how good of a job that Darnay Holmes has done. Because all offseason, all I did was complain. Oh, Giants haven't had a good slot corner since DRC. And uh, you can have a capable cornerback one on the outside and an okay cornerback two on on the other side of the field. But what teams have been doing is they have been putting their best wide receivers in the slot and the Giants have been have been getting burned. And it's been basically since the 2016 wildcard game in Green Bay. I use that game as like the telltale example of how important a nickel cornerback is. Where DRC, he's in there. He's starting. He's playing well. Jordy Nelson was was still on the Packers at that point. Um, uh, who else? Uh, not Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb was pretty good at that point. So doing a good job locking them up. And then DRC gets hurt. Trevin Wade comes in. We basically lose the game. Bobby Tyler Boyd had, had like three three catches for fifteen yards. 
that, that he's guy fifth is in the fifth NFL. in the NFL in catches. Yeah, yeah, three catches for fifteen yards today. I am so happy he's on our team, man. And and you know, fourth round pick. That's awesome, man. He did like we don't talk about. Like I said, we don't talk about him enough, and that's on us. We need to start talking about Darnay Holmes a little more. And and talk about Nico Lalos coming out of nowhere. He played significant snaps. And he was actually having like some good pass rush moves. He didn't just luck into an interception. Like I saw him get to the QB once. That's crazy. Nico Lelos. I can't. I'm gonna spend on Monday. I'm gonna go and see what our analysis was on him. I will say it wasn't his first time getting an interception against a team with uh, orange uniform. He had a pick six versus Princeton at Dartmouth. I will say, you know, we may not be the best at everything, but nobody knows the New York Giants undrafted free agents like us. I know everything about these people. And I wish Jake Carlock was doing this instead of Nico Lelos, um, who Jake Carlock is with the Atlanta Falcons. Guy is going to succeed, I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, Nico Lelos coming out of nowhere. Nico Lelos has played more snaps than RJ McIntosh this year. How about that? I'm pretty sure he also had a pass deflection, too. He did. Lelos. Yeah. So two impact plays. All thanks to LeBron James. All LeBron James. That did. was so weird. Then you read the story and see why. But it's like, what what is going on here? LeBron James is tweeting about our practice squad elevation out of Dartmouth? Like, this doesn't make any sense. They went to the same high school. That That's the origin story. You know, me and him, um, we have history with Nico Delos. We almost broke the news that he was cut from the team. Oh, rough. Yeah. Rough. We, I bet we'll get we, him. We, get, we gave him like 200 <laughs> followers today because he had 350 followers at the beginning of the day, and I... Before he even had it, I was like, get this guy some followers. He gained like 100, then did it again. We got the interception, got like another 100. So you're welcome, Nico Lelos. Just come on come on but, the show and we'll talk to you in the offseason. But we conspired during the summer in our Greasy 3 group chat. Bobby was like, which, which is, what player is it going to be that, and it has to be a no-name player, not like a Rice and John, not like a Derek Dillon, not like a... You know, uh, another one of Austin Mack or anything like that. Not like one of those undrafted free agents that that has a lot of hype around him. But which undrafted free agent are we just going to break that they're cut without having any kind of knowledge if they're actually cut or not? But it's so irrelevant that nobody's actually going to care. Which one is it going to be? And I think we eventually voted on Nico Lelos. I don't know if you actually did. No, it we were close to doing it. Danny wanted me. To, but I was like, you know what? It's it's. The people getting annoyed isn't worth how like like the laughter that I would get. Like sometimes you know the laughter is worth getting some people aggravated. That wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah. And if he didn't get cut for some reason, that would have been um, that would have been. I mean, that would have made that would have been like that would have actually screwed us going forward. So yeah. it wasn't worth it. And we're not newsbreakers Bef- anyways. Even even when we get news. Before we move to linebacker, I don't know. If, I don't know how much. I don't know how many points we have on linebackers. I definitely know we have some more points on the secondary. But Leonard Williams gets another sack. Cool, awesome. Um, he was balling all I game didn't, too. Yeah, I think yeah, he had three QB yeah. a tackle for a loss. He's kind of the best defensive lineman and pass rusher we have on the team. Uh, sorry, sorry, not sorry. If you don't like that, um, but also Jabal Sheard balled out, balled mm-hmm. out, Bobby. With Trent Harris <laughs> was cool. taken. You know, he he was made inactive, which was kind of surprising. It looked like Carter, yeah, Jabal Sheard had that sack at the end of the game that you know led to the fumble, game ender. Um, I mean, Jabal Sheard's been Cam in the Brown. NFL for a long time. He's been a good pass rusher for a long time. Um, 
So when he signed from Jacksonville, it was like, okay, that's that's worth it. That guy's worth a shot. He's better than what we've got. Um, so it was, I mean, especially with O'Shane being out for the year, um, so it was good to see the Jabal sheared. I mean, he, he's he's a he's a solid. He's been a solid pass rusher in the NFL for a long time. Um, and then Carter Coffin was getting in there. Cam Brown almost forced a fumble. I mean, yeah, he should have had a sack. Yeah, he, but I don't blame him on the third down going for the fumble over the sack on that. Um, because the year was guys in front of him. But yeah, I mean, Patrick Graham has got this defense playing. Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers is a playmaker. He, he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. He deserves every bit of shine. Jabril Peppers. The defense is just full of playmakers. I mean, it really is. Leonard Williams, playmaker. Dalvin Tomlinson, who didn't do much today, playmaker. Blake Martinez, playmaker. James Bradbury, playmaker. Uh, Logan Ryan, playmaker. Jabril Peppers, playmaker. We've got a defense full of playmakers, and that is what Patrick Graham is. He he pits playmakers and puts them in the best position to make plays. I'm upset uh, Blake Martinez didn't get credit for that pass deflection because I think he was actually the one to swipe that ball out of the hands. I think Logan Ryan got credit for it, but Jabril Peppers, yes. Jabril Peppers had another two passes deflected today. He Before the bye week, he had um, a couple pass deflections, and that gave him six on the season and that was his single season career best from five from 2019 five was his previous best well now he is eight now he is eight because he added on an additional two today um and it's crazy how you know as as safeties when you have so many pass deflections and you're making so many play on plays on the ball that's an awesome sign i'm finally now at a point bobby where before you know especially when we were evaluating byron jones in the offseason when we were evaluating a guy like that, oh, he's just a shutdown corner. He's a shutdown corner. He doesn't even get targeted. You know what? I'd rather have a guy that quarterbacks feel that they can target their players, but as long as we have guys that can make plays on the football and force incompletions, force big hits, I'm fine. I I would rather have that because then guess what? That hides the weak points of our defense. How many times have we been burned by having a cornerback two, a revolving door, a cornerback two this year. It's been rare. It has been rare. But quarterbacks feel confident in targeting tight ends and targeting skill position players when they're covered by our safeties, and they still continue to feel confident when James Bradbury is covering their wide receivers. They still continue to feel confident. Good. Keep doing it, because they're going to continue to make plays on the ball, and they're going to continue to force incompletions. Keep doing it. You know why that happens, right? Patrick Graham forces them to. He hides the cornerback two spot. The cornerback two got us killed versus Pittsburgh. And well, Pittsburgh, he did a good job the first half. Then the second half, they, you know, Ben they just started throwing back shoulder um plays to to uh, at Ballantyne. Chicago, they got killed. One of them was, you know, when Ballantyne, like it's it should have been a Ballantyne interception and it ended up being a touchdown. Um yeah. he has done a good job of hiding it and it is forcing them to go up Bradbury. To go over to try and go over the middle of the field and letting our defensive linemen stop the run, being like, hey, you guys are gonna be the run stoppers. Our linebackers are gonna be using pass coverage. Logan Ryan playing that role. I mean, Patrick Graham, he's you know, I I, I hope he's around next year because I mean the, the guy the guy is a beast. He puts guys in the right place. No Mc, yeah. didn't put McKinney in, in any places though. I don't I don't no, oh that's that's a good transition. I mean, we talked about it before game. You know, are we gonna be mad if he doesn't play? No, but it it is, it is kind of like, it sucks because we wanted to see him play. We, 
I wanted to see Xavier McKinney play. I wanted to see how they would use him. He may have played like one or two snaps, um, but you know, ho- hopefully next week he gets that shot. There was one play, and it's funny because I, when this happened, I remembered the scouting report of what he did in Alabama. This is my own scouting report, by the way, my own oh, yeah. brain. Where, yeah, wow. Where at, from the safety spot, his assignment at Alabama most of the time was whenever a running back or a wide receiver was running either like a, a little little swing swing pass or a bubble screen, his job would be to crash down and cover that and have that covered and make a play. So one of the snaps that he was in, pretty sure one of his responsibility was covering somebody in the flat while Brandon Allen threw the ball kind of past him, but it wasn't his responsibility. And then I was like, oh, that's McKinney. He's on the field. 29. Cool. Can't wait to go watch that play. That's what I thought. I can't wait to go watch it. <laughs> can't wait. Break it down. Two two minutes and twenty second breakdown video. The the chat is talking about it. The Patreon chat is talking about it right now. I don't think we can let anybody on this defense go. I think we need to bring back no, everybody. Not a single soul. The defensive tackle. Not a single Logan soul. Logan Ryan. I think we should bring everybody back. I think you have to let Dalvin walk. I think you have to bring... I would rather keep... At this point, because of this defense and the strides it's making and what a pass rusher would do, whether it's through the draft or what, I want to bring everybody back. I want to bring everybody back. I would rather... And I'm a Kevin Zeitler guy. I would rather move on from Zeitler and keep this def- and, and play Lemieux and Hernandez and keep this defense together. I mean, and that's... I mean, I, I love Zeitler. I don't want to get rid of Zeitler. I want to... I, th- I actually think there's a way they can figure out to keep Zeitler restructuring his contact track or, you know, Zeitler might ju- might just take a pay cut. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, hey, we're going to cut you or you could take a pay cut to eight mil a year, you know, and I could see him taking that because he probably won't get more than that on the open market. He might get a longer deal, but he won't get that per year. But I just feel like we talk about cap space and, and how you can manipulate it, manipulate it to keep all these guys around. If the Chiefs can sign Mahomes to uh, 20 years, Kelsey to seven, Tyreek Hill for how many years, they can do all that. We can find a way. But Nate Solder kind of kills it. <laughs> well, we're getting – I mean, that – Nate Solder. Nate, and we're not, this is positive. We're talking we're, – we're first place in the division. We're first place in the division. No, but it's fun. It's fun how we're talking about how we can improve and how, like, important it is to keep kind of this group together. That's, that's fun. I, I'm, en- that's I'm enjoying Speaking that. Speaking of improvement, we need to improve on special teams. I said – I tweeted well, it out. You – the last five minutes, you have had some nice radio podcast transitions. Good hey, for you. I, I tweeted out, we've all got nightmares. Joe Judge's nightmares came to life. You gave up a kick return for a touchdown on a team that can't score points. I mean, they couldn't score points. You know, their only points were off of a, a bad pass interference call and a kick return touchdown and then a, a field goal. That's where their points came from. And I almost put them in a position to win the game. All they needed was a field goal. All they needed was f- like 15 yards and they're in range to kick a field goal. That's all they needed because yeah. of a punt return that went 20 yards. Nate, I mean, people have been talking over the bio about how Joe Judge is, you know, people are scared of him. Zach wrote a really good article about, you know, the like what Joe Judge has done. Boy, if you play special teams this week, you're getting your ass ripped. I mean, he is killing you this week. And honestly, rightfully so. We can't have that happen. Yeah, Zach Rosenblatt wrote a, wrote a really good piece. NJ.com. They've been a lot better with Mike Lombardo gone. 
I was just about to say, he's not like the other guy at NJ.com that used to be here. Um, he did quote, Matt Lombardo did quote tweet you today. So maybe I almost replied to that and just being like, I don't like you. But I was like, Yo, what's the point? What's the point? You're at a, you're at a blogging site now. What's the point? Um, that was really mean. I mean, we can be <laughs> mean to Matt Lombardo. The only reason I don't want to rip is because our guy Chuck is there. But Chuck made that Chuck made that that site interesting. Now the site's not interesting. Yeah, right. Um, special teams. Too, I I too. I hate I hate special teams. I hate talking about that, it. I, that's why we never do. But we only special teams for us are like offensive linemen for normal people. You only talk about it when they yeah. screw up. Sims, the Sims to, to Bavaro page, he, he tweets at me all the time. So funny, because he, it's not funny. But he said about five minutes before that happened, he's like, I'm getting Deshaun Jackson vibes right now. And I read that, and I was like, okay. And then, and then, it, and then it was happening, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I got, like, PTSD from being there in 2010. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> So luckily, it was Cam Brown who made that. Uh, who made that tap? Cam Brown saved the game. So good for Cam Brown. Thank you, Cam Brown. We were three for three on fourth down. Speaking of Joe Judge, three for three on fourth down. How about that? Oh, yes. Good. I'm glad. Scored a touchdown. Got seven points. And it's a no, shame because did we go for it on fourth down in the first drive of the game? Yes. It, it took. It took four. Oh downs. yeah, you're it right. You're right. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking like conversion wise, we scored a touchdown on it. But, um, Actually, it took three points off the shame. board because we went for him fourth down. Next play, pass Evan Ingram, fumbles the ball. If we just kicked the ball there, it's three points instead of zero. No, that, no, I was just about to say it's a shame that – don't play that with me. It's a, it's it's a shame that – All facts. Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram fumbles because that drive we did go for it on fourth down and that would have been like, oh, the Giants get 14 points off of going for it on fourth down. Yes. and so I know. I was ready to do it that It resulted too. at seven points. So good. Not the second Giants are time. in first place, Bobby. First Giants place, are in first, first place. place in the freaking division. How about that? Doesn't that just feel good to say? Daniel Jones. I am, I am becoming braggadocious. Play. People are like, ah, first place. Suck the, all you Bucks fans that live around me. Imagine not being in first place. Losers. The Bucks are in second place to a team that has a tight end at quarterback. Do you, what do you think about the Broncos situation? Do you think the NFL did the right thing? I'm really biased at this point. I'm under the impression that if the NFL pushes anything back to an extreme extent where they need to create a week 18, I think that screws up some sort of implications where if the Giants win the East and they make the playoffs, then that means they don't get a home playoff game. So I am kind of at a point, very selfishly, very wrong, very bad guy move where I'm like, just play doesn't matter yeah. you have to play the game i just don't unless it impacts the giants of course and then push it yeah. back i just i if i was a broncos fan i would be pissed and i feel like that's rightfully so yeah you know absolutely um so it's we how are they not quarantining a quarterback by the way alex Haney, like he, he knows patrick do you think alex Haney comes back to the giants this week because i don't think they're going to play with clayton thorson as their second quarterback no the yeah, so so Clayton Thorson, that's the guy that, that we're quarantining. He's on the practice squad, but are we I don't quarantining think they're quarantining him? him. Why isn't every... Apparently, NFL teams early in the season were doing that. Why aren't they still doing that? I don't that? think they, they ever were. I think it was just something people said that they might do. Oh, 
Well, they should. Well, or beat reporters are just lying to us. If Alex Tanny comes those back, liars. it's going to be glorious. Never forget. We'll have to remove those never forget shirts because he's back. We'll just sell some more. Um, <laughs> someone's like, no, I don't want him back because then the 100% completion percentage would be ruined. And then someone replied like, bold of you to assume that that would happen. <laughs> bold of you to assume if he were to attempt to pass that he would throw an incompletion. Could you imagine if they did put him back in like for one play and he threw a completion and it's like, this guy just does not miss. It would be... Three I would yards. have so much fun with that. Um, Check down the Caden Smith. <laughs> which think about it. I mean, I was there to witness Eli's last game and Alex Tanney's, like record-setting completion percentage. How about that? How about it? Um, I mean, is there anything else? Is I mean, I don't think we really need to read any dumb tweets this week. No, we're we're winners. We're we're absolutely winners. So. I, uh, Bobby, I feel good about the end. I feel how we're good about how we're ending. Daniel Daniel Jones is gonna play. Daniel Jones is gonna play. He's he's indestructible. Can't destroy. Oh, can we also reflect? This is this is how we'll end it. This is how we'll end it. Kid's tough as nails, though. That's for sure. He's tough as nails. I mean, you know, the fact that he didn't go back into the locker room, he didn't complain. You know, after the game, he's like, well, we're just going to take it. We're going to take it as it comes, but I'm going to try to do everything I can to get back out there and play, blah, 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 blah. He's tough as nails. You love him. That, those little signs right there tell you that he's a competitor and tell you how much he wants to win without him saying how much Dude, he wants to win. he went out there with one leg like, and, and laser and yeah. laced the ball in on third down. Yeah. Like, you know, people say, oh, when, you know, when Baker Mayfield says, oh, I'm feeling dangerous or blah, 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 blah. Well, wow, dude just wants to win. Daniel Jones doesn't need the words to tell oh, you how shucks. much he wants How about to that? He showed it to you. How about right. that, Dan Orvlosky? No, I, and this isn't me trying to be funny. This is serious. Aw, shucks. Get the, that. Now, now I'm pissed off. I'm, I'm going back to draft. Pissed off about draft day. He's too aw, shucks. Dude, get out of here. Aw, shucks. He's so aw, shucks. Dude tried to get back in the game with one leg. With one leg. One leg. He knew his leg was screwed up, and he, on one leg... On third and two, laces the ball into tight coverage to Evan Ingram, who drops the balls. That's no fear. That is a no fear type of quarterback. Talent talking to me about all shucks. I have a little thing on Eli. Little thing on Eli. I had a tweet after he retired that one of the big reasons why Eli Manning should be a Hall of Famer. Maybe not a first a first ballot. I don't care how he gets in, when he gets in, whatever. One of the reasons why Eli Manning should be a Hall of Famer. First bow. Yes, I I agree. But for the people that got mad at me, got mad at me, you know, this is is how I I just want to frame it correctly. One of the reasons, main reasons why I feel, this is the only reason, one of the main reasons why I feel Eli Manning should be a Hall of Famer is because you look around at the NFL, and even the really great quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers has missed... A lot of time in a season. Ben Roethlisberger has missed a lot of time in a season, and it basically has costed that team that season that year. Eli Manning for 16 years, granted we weren't winning every year, but Eli Manning for 16 years, the most important spot and the most important position in all of sports, all of sports, the one that makes the most singular most impact in all of sports on such a team-based game, 
is the quarterback. And for 16 years, we did not bat an eye as to who that guy was going to be. No matter how you felt about how he ended and his play to end his career, you you did not have to think twice about who was going to be starting for the New York Football Giants on Sunday. And how many, for one team, how many times can you say that in the history of the NFL for so long about one team and one man? You can't. Not many. You know, you say there's, you know, you never worry about it. You actually did. Week one of 2007. Sunday Night Football versus the Cowboys. We lost 45 to 35. Wake up in the morning. Eli's going to miss three to four, three to five weeks. This was the fourth year of his career. Me, as a young fan, said, ah, our quarterback got hurt. It happens to everybody. Didn't miss a snap. Didn't miss a snap. So, we love you, Eli. We miss you. Kind of wish he was still here to be the backup, to be honest. Um, But, obviously, you know, he doesn't want to do that. So, um. I mean, did we got anything else? I mean, we we basically hit on everything. No, it's good time. We're at a good time right now. Good, efficient show. We were supposed to ask for rating and reviews to start the episode. We forgot. We always forget to do that. Always forget. It's funny because twenty seconds, maybe maybe about a minute before we started to record. All right, we're gonna ask for ratings and reviews. We are close you know, to being the number like the no- we're we're already the top rated podcast because anybody who's in our stratosphere has a lower rating than us. But we're we're close to having the most ratings and the top rated, and we on, we are the behind the ball on everybody. Out. We are over a year behind everybody. This yep. now that I'm saying this, this sounds really cocky and arrogant. So, um, leave us a one star. Like these guys are too haughty. If you leave us a one star, it still counts as a rating. So thank you. <laughs> hey, one star is right. better than no star. That's so, right. You know, it's, it's true. All right, we appreciate you guys. Thanks, thanks for the support. We'll be back on Wednesday for a mailbag. I'm sure we'll have a lot more on Daniel Jones by then. We appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go. First place, Big Blue.